Hello, and welcome to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast. My name is Kaida Jesus. I'm the student director of the show and today's host. We're celebrating 100 episodes by bringing you through the archives, the history, and the behind the scenes. So sit back and enjoy your weekly dose of leadership. You're listening to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast, the only leadership podcast run by undergraduate students dedicated to helping undergraduate students lead in diverse fields. From people in diplomacy to entertainment, from CEOs to student leaders, we feature people from all walks of life. It's all part of the mission. Here at the Messina Leadership Institute, we make leaders better. The Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast started all the way back in 2018, right when the Messina Leadership Institute began. Back then, Audrey Pennington was the student director, and Dr. Brian Price, the then director of the Institute, was the host. production audio editing mixing all that stuff I mean it was it was never super difficult to me once Doug taught me how to do it it's it's been pretty much robotic where I found the difficulties is leading directing and sort of inspiring my team it's it's very from the beginning it was very difficult because I had you know at the very beginning we had 20 plus people sign up say they were interested in working on the podcast and by a couple months later we were down to like five. I mean, I had a core team of five people I could count on. And so that, I did not expect that. I sort of, whenever I was going into it, I was imagining a team of 20 people because that's how many people signed up. And so to sort of have to deal with not having that 
um, and having to sort of make those adjustments into how I viewed the podcast, how I, you know, led my leadership style. I mean, we started off, I had a Slack group chat, I had a group me group chat. And by the end, it was just, it was just those me and those five other people sending emails back and forth to each other, which it worked well. It was very, very personal. I got to know them all very well, but it was, it was, it was difficult because I didn't know how I viewed this was supposed to look is very different than how it ended up looking. What? By the way, did you know that all of the hosts for the podcast now are students? Every week, I get more and more impressed with how they can run a show. The 2018 to 2019 school year was the inaugural year for Mostly Institute. While a Seton Hall leadership program had been present in the Stillman School of Business, it wasn't until then that this leadership opportunity was given to other fields of study, like nursing, communication, diplomacy, and more. It's named after Gerald P. Busino, who feels that he owes a lot of his success to Seton Hall. The show has also brought on people that have helped the Institute in their lessons of leadership, like the iconic imposter syndrome panel and our wonderful leadership coaches, often the most memorable parts of the Institute for students. Had a lot of careers <laughs> along my quote leadership path. So yeah, I've done a lot. I started out in nursing. Um, I took a stint in the Peace Corps and then I worked for state government all the way along the way. Um, it's really, for me, just been about seeking knowledge and different experiences. I believe that life is about experience, and I wanted to have a lot of experiences in my life, so that's one thing. But the other is that I have a very strong belief in service, so I've been in service one way or another my whole life, and the journey from nursing to lobbying to coaching was really being in physical service, so helping people in their healthcare, physical service, and then also intellectual spirit service, excuse me, intellectual service, which would be developing laws and lobbying for those laws. And the other is spiritual. So for me, coaching is a spiritual service. I'm really, uh, as a coach, I'm here and present and very uh, much interested in listening to the core of who somebody is.
So I have to say that I still don't know what I will do when I grow up. So, um, well, actually, it's both a knowledge connection as well as an emotional connection. So there has to be some basic understanding of what the field is. So I will never go into something like uh, neuroscience. Well, neuroscience, actually, I find it very interesting. But anything like physics, for example, I don't believe I will be able to do anything in that area just because it's not my background. It's not my knowledge base. But assuming that I have some background, so some good knowledge and understanding of the discipline, if I see an, a potential for growth, that's how I decided I would like to pursue it farther or at least explore it and see what the possibilities are. But I'm always mindful that obviously there has to be that knowledge connection. Otherwise, I will not be able to be effective. I will not understand enough to make you know, any progress moving forward. Imposter syndrome is an interesting phenomenon. It refers to people that have a persistent belief in their lack of intelligence or, or skills or competence. Um, it can be in a certain area or it can be generalized in, in all areas. You know, you're just kind of feeling like an overall anxiety about it. And most of the time with imposter syndrome, we, we don't take our own, we don't take our own power into what we do. We, we give it out to everyone else. Well, I had a lot of help is sometimes what people will say, or it was, it was luck. I, I didn't really do that well, but it was just luck that I kind of made it through. Or I had some great connections, you know, so that's how I got successful. So that's what imposter syndrome is. You can have it, like I said, Sometimes you can have it all the time, but about 70% of the population have it at least once in their life. Yeah. And what drew me to create this kind of workshop with Amy is the, the notion that this imposter syndrome is what holds back college students and professionals from really feeling the success that they've earned. And I, too am a recovering imposter. I have been successful in many areas, but at times I have chalked it up to being in the right place at the right time mm -hmm. or working really, 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 really hard. <laughs> yeah. Not just working hard, which I value, but like working like so intensely, not, not putting the stuff down and going to bed, right? And you know, I saw that I was starting to really think of my, myself as a fraud, as a fake, as uh, somebody who would go out there and try and do things, but there's no way. And deep inside the thoughts would be, ah, oh, there's no way, Lee Moore, you're going to be able to do that. 
they're going to find out. And so as Amy and I work together with individuals to understand, you know, their their own achievements, we encountered this more and more and more and decided to put a workshop together. Absolutely. It's really common. And when you don't own your success, you don't seek out more success. And so for me, that was my reason to want to do this workshop and engage more people in this type of work because our great work needs to be out there in the world. You know, we need more inspiration, not more holding back. The leadership panel was actually the first interview with multiple people on the show. As the episodes progress, there's been more of an emphasis on breaking the one-on-one interview format, sometimes with a panel of people and sometimes even doing interviews on the street. I love Seton Hall because Seton Hall loves loves me back. That's from an admissions promo that we hear on loop every day. But regardless of that, I love Seton. Like, I like Seton Hall. I actually like it more than I thought I did coming into it. I mostly just came to Seton Hall because I was like, oh, my brother went here. He had a good time. It's great. But like I said about the Institute, and this goes for any school that you go to, you get what you put into it. I managed to put my whole foot into Seton Hall, and I'm getting a lot out of it. And so I would tell younger me, you're going to shine wherever you go. Just put everything into it. And I would tell senior year high school Moji, you're making the right choice by applying to Seton Hall, by applying to the Leadership Institute. And I would tell her to really reap all the benefits you can everywhere you go. That's some really good advice that one faculty member gave me was to exhaust your resources anywhere you go. And luckily, I've been able to make the most of my resources here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would say to take advantage of whatever the university offers as well. Because Leadership Institute is a four-year program. It's free for any Seton Hall student to want to get involved in. If you don't want to be involved in it after your first year, you can drop out. And that's totally okay. It's not going to affect your GPA. It's not going to affect your academic standing. We're not going to look at you in a different way. If you can't do it because of work or personal reasons, again, totally fine. But if you want to get involved in it, it's really hard to get involved after your first year here. We do have some sophomore applicants, but it's really hard to get involved as a junior senior, if almost impossible, for most people. So... I would say to my freshman yourself, good job on, you know, applying, take advantage of it a little bit more if you want to, even starting freshman year, we have a lot of different initiatives involved with the Leadership Institute. As for Seton Hall, it's a fantastic school. I mean, I'm probably biased in saying this because I am a tour guide and, you know, we have to love Seton <laughs> Hall in order to be tour guides, but it's a great school with a lot of opportunities. It may be a small campus, but we have a really big heart and we have really big resources here. And it's also super close to New York City. That's the shameless plug, but I go there twice a month. So very affordable, very fun. And Seton Hall overall, just a fantastic school. And I'm very, very happy with my choice. My name is Bibi Bejnut. I live here in North Plainfield, New Jersey, which is about 15 minutes away from Seton Hall. I just want to say that Seton Hall is near and dear to my heart. I love Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of um, I did a lot of volunteering with Sandra Tejada when my daughter was here. She's in law school now, her first year in mm-hmm. Newark. And now I have my 17-year-old Farah Bejnut, who's going to be doing business. I think her, her minor is in economic. So I just want to say that I love Seton Hall, and I did. I, I I took take a lot of photographs, so I have a lot of pictures of Seton Hall on my computer because I have a professional camera, and every oh. time I would come, I'll bring my camera. 
However, today I don't have my camera with me. <laughs> Prior to my daughter Amelia Beige not coming here, I went through a, a separation and a divorce, and I was very worried about you know paying for the tuition here at Seton Hall. But um, my daughter got a scholarship, and with Seton Hall's help, she did very well, and she succeeded. She got a degree in bio, and now she is in law at Newark. For me, this place is very dear to me, and to be honest with you, I was hoping and praying that my second. <laughs> The last one would come here too and I would say it's a wonderful school and it's a small school and it's beautiful I love the campus I love yeah. the greenery around here I love the people in administration you know even though my daughter went off to law school I always go online here and look at Seton Hall Law to see who is the president and uh, I was very um, excited when we had our first female president prior to the present yeah. president now Leadership to me means values, moral values and values towards education and for your community and for your country overall. Seeing the children of our future, I think we should empower our children and people in our communities to do better and stuff like that and help them and support them, especially at this time when you know things are getting more difficult. We want oh, yeah. to prepare our younger ones for the future. One theme we've talked about the show is change, and this show has changed a lot. We've changed theme songs, which, fun fact, I was the composer for. Directors, I mean, both the director of the Institute and the podcast director have changed. But one thing that will never change is our mission, and that's to make leaders better. One of the phrases that I love that I saw in my elementary school, you know, like the billboards that are outside of schools? There was one outside of the billboard in my hometown of my Seagirt Elementary School, which I'm an alum and my daughter's going to right now, said that great leaders should never be missed. They should be remembered. Great leaders should be remembered. They should be never missed. And I was like, what does that mean? And what it really means is getting to your point about, about legacy is if people miss me, I have not done my job well. Right. It's OK if people remember me as the founding executive director of the Bacino Leadership Institute. But if they miss me, I haven't done my job well because I haven't built that framework for the legacy of this institution kind of moving forward. I remember every single episode, by the way. I remember, you know, the little the little quirks and the little, you know, moments that I thought were funny, moments that I thought were super impactful. I remember because I have to, I mean, I have to edit all of them, which means listening to them, you know, and I'm there for most of them. So that means listening to them, you know, at least twice and then, you know, uploading them. It's, it's that each one is so meaningful to me. And it's, you know, it's, I think it's how much that I've put of myself, I've put into each one. So like I said, from the beginning, you know, my mindset going into this was I'm going to put everything I have into this. And I'm very proud that that's sort of always been my mindset through this. I'm excited to retire and pass the mantle on because I've gotten so much from this and I'm ready for somebody else to have that opportunity. My team that I love, you know, I've, the episodes that Shannon did, I'm still very fond of. The episodes, the guests that William suggested, the episodes that Allison did, that, you know, Peter did, and then obviously all of the sophomores, you know, it's just, I just have so much love for every single episode and there's quite a few of them. Um, that like, I, I think I mentioned that whenever I was making the 50th, I, it was very, it was very emotional for me. Cause I, you know, I was on top of that. I was doing finals. I had a lot going on, but I thought to myself, I, 
I was like, I have to make this right. I, it has to be the perfect representation of the podcast. I have to, it has to be a work of art. And I just, I put so much of myself into that, my energy into that. And, and I just love it so much. You know, I, I cried while I was making it because it was, I got to kind of go through all of, you know, 50 of 49 of, you know, my babies, all these episodes. <laughs> um, you know, I remember I, it's getting to recall all of them. I mean, there were, there were certain times, because I, what I did for the 50th, if you haven't listened, is I went back and I found best of clips. And in my mind, you know, I had several set aside for sort of leading up to that, that I, cause I knew it was going to make the episode, but I had others that I was like, that was maybe episode eight. I think it was Jack Shannon that I was like, I remember being there for that interview. And I remember what he said, and I, I want I want that in there. So just being able to recall everything, you know, it's, it's all, it was all just, just going, going through that again. It was like walking through a tunnel of, you know, my memories of being in, in school and, you know, everything that was going on with me while that episode went out, whether it was good or bad. It's just, you know, it's just a living thing. These, all these episodes, they're a living body of their own. So I, I think just, just having this, you know, the podcast as a whole is a very tangible thing. It's out there. People are listening. We have, you know, people downloading. It's, I get to sort of sit back and look at all of my hard work. And I'm, so that's probably what I'm most proud of. On behalf of everyone at the Pasita Leadership Institute, I'd like to thank the podcast team, 89.5 FM WSOU for allowing us to use their facilities and you for listening. Follow us online at www.shu.edu backslash leadership on Instagram at Pasita Leaders and on Twitter at SHU Leadership. At Seton Hall, we make leaders better.